Hello darlings, welcome to episode 2 of Midlife Muddle. I'm aware there's been a bit of a gap, but don't worry, we're going to talk about it. So I finally started this podcast on the 1st of June, and it is now the 10th of July, and I'm recording episode 2. So there's been a bit of a hiatus. Anybody who's followed me elsewhere will know that I'm shambolic at best and a little hit and miss with some consistency issues which I'd like to put down to executive dysfunction, ADHD and just generally being a bit shit. Um, so what's been going on for you in the intervening time? Because at, at my end, quite a lot. Shortly after I recorded that first episode, um, I got a call from my big brother and usually in my family I know that if, if my brother's calling me it's because someone's big sick and this time the person big sick was my mum. My mum had a stroke which is terrifying. Thankfully it was very mild and she was treated very very quickly um, and again if anybody follows me online you'll know that when there's some sort of medical crisis for me I generally am very stoic about it and just crack on and this is clearly a genetic trait because my mum suspecting that she may be having some sort of quite significant medical event drove herself to A&E and I would be furious but on considering the, all of the the possible outcomes there I figured I'd probably have done the exact same thing but that obviously gave me a bit of a wobble and I've taken a bit of time away from most social media and things while I was working all of that through. Since that horrible phone call and the very worrying weekend of finding out that my mum had had the stroke and um, making sure that she'd got the right treatment, that they'd done all the tests that they needed to, all of those things, um, I've been speaking to my mum and video calling with my mum a lot, lot more than we had done for the few years previously, which has been fantastic. And I think it's fairly common as you launch into midlife that you start to reassess and change the relationship that you have with your parents. You realise that you're the age now that they were when you started struggling I guess when you were the teenager that was expecting them to have all the answers and get it all right and getting frustrated with them when they couldn't and you realise that of course they couldn't because much as you are now they were just people and they were just ordinary people with their own stuff and their own difficulties and challenges and that's one of the things I've talked about with my mum and it's been quite the revelation I think actually it's made me really reassess quite a lot of things that I had I suppose just a chip on my shoulder about if I'm going to be honest about it which is the whole point of this podcast and one of the things we talked about specifically was that I am the age now that my mum was when we had what we call that summer so in brief that summer my mum was 39 and I was 16 and first thing that happened was that my mum and her then husband were both made redundant which obviously was quite a, a worrying time for them and they were just looking for more work and trying to make sure that all the bills were paid and stressed through the eyeballs 
on top of which my mum also had all of the same health issues that I deal with, all the gynaecological stuff. And she, that year, had had her hysterectomy and was still recovering from that and everything that goes with it, like being body slammed into menopause in your 30s and the grief of of losing something that that's such a big part of your identity as a woman. And then, on top of that... My older brother moved out of home and went to live at our dad's um, over an hour away so that he could start college somewhere else. And then I was supposed to be sitting my GCSEs, but thought I I could get out of doing those exams because I don't much like exams. And I did that by getting meningitis and nearly dying, which I imagine as a parent now was probably quite a difficult thing to watch. And obviously... I found it very difficult, but I hadn't really put a lot of thought into how hard that was for my mum when she was already very unwell and very stressed and then sitting beside the hospital bed of her very sick child wondering if they were going to survive or not was probably not a great day. And shortly after that, when I'd got out of the hospital, I thought I was going to seize the day, seize my life live every minute because I didn't want to have almost died and not really lived. So I decided to upgrade my little moped that I chugged about on to a 125, which is all you can upgrade to when you're turning 17. And I got myself a crappy old bucket of bike and was taking it to the garage to get it tarted up and through its MOT, through the skin of its teeth almost certainly. But on the way there, in a story that sounds genuinely made up but was my real life I had to slam my brakes on because a cat ran out in front of me when I was on my way and did not think through the speed that I was going or that you probably shouldn't use the front brake to stop yourself at that speed so I ended up parked underneath the bike which again was probably quite a fright for my mum and then not long after that in a probably entirely related scenario, I had my appendix rupture and had to go back into hospital for surgery. And, well, as a measure for how much my period hurts, I initially thought for the first two days that it was just period pains, and it wasn't until my appendix had ruptured and tried to murder me that I thought perhaps something else was going on. But I did get a gnarly scar out of it, so that was cool. But that summer then, I went to stay at my grandparents to heal from my surgery and I never went home for all sorts of reasons that I won't go into but that was also very difficult for my mum and that summer I think quite significantly shifted the relationship that she and I had and it never really quite got back on track for again all sorts of reasons not because we don't love each other we do enormously but we've just never been very good at communicating. So whilst I obviously very much do not want my mum to be sick and definitely didn't want her to have something as frightening as a stroke that could have been so much worse, I'm also grateful for the chance it's given us because it's given us time to think life is much too short to just struggle with talking and to struggle with communicating. Life is too short to hold on to feelings from over 20 years ago about stuff that no longer matters and is no longer in any way relevant to the people that we are today. 
So I think that, after rambling for the first eight minutes of this podcast, is really the message of this second episode. That life is too short, and much like 16-year-old me, if you haven't been living it because you're worried about the what-ifs, just live it. Pick up the pieces of whatever you are now and stop waiting for the one day or the when I and the if I coulds because all we've definitely got is right now and I'm aware that I sound like one of those awful Instagram posts with the black and white kittens or something but it's it's a cliche because it's true we can't change anything that came before but we can change how we view it we can't impact much about what's coming next although we can put all sorts of plans into place there's no guarantee that those plans will work out so all we can do is live right now in this day the best we can under the circumstances when I look back at that summer I realised that I was expecting my mum to have the answers and to be the grown up and to make it all okay for me But I look back to it thinking then I look to her as this fully grown, fully rounded adult person and all she was was a person and she was doing the absolute best she could with what she had at the time and that's all any of us ever can and now I'm the same age that she was and I of course do not have my shit together. Again, the purpose of this podcast is to speak with everybody in the same place that of course we don't have our shit together because all of us are just sort of making this up as we go along and it's never quite what you thought being an adult was going to look like. I remember a little while before that summer talking to my dad and, and saying what point am I going to feel like I'm an adult? When does that switch happen where you you are a grown-up and you understand the world better and things don't feel so confusing and overwhelming. And I got cross at him because he laughed and said, never. Now that I look back on that conversation, and again, I'm the same age now that he was when we were talking about it, I realise how right he was. You don't ever feel like a proper grown-up or a fully rounded adult who understands all of the different situations that you're going to experience and has the capacity to handle it all. Every single person is just one person doing the best they can with what they've got. And what they've got isn't always very much. And this has shaped very much the way that I parent my own children. I've always made a real point of talking to them when I'm struggling and not burdening them with my struggles I don't expect them to be my emotional support because that wouldn't be appropriate as a parent but I do go to them on the days that I've not done good parenting when I've struggled and I apologise to them and I think that's the most important lesson I would pass on to anybody else who's about to be a parent or who's looking for parenting advice is to be honest with them in an age-appropriate way, obviously, just explain what's going on with you and why you maybe haven't been your best self that day. So if I get cross and lose my temper with them, or I get overwhelmed and I have all my big feelings, or if I'm just short-tempered or irritable, any of those things, I 
always, always go back to them and say, I'm really sorry, that wasn't fair and it wasn't because of you. Here's what's going on with me. And they'll say, you know, I've, I've not been feeling very well or I've not had enough sleep or I've got some grown up things that are happening that are making me very stressed. And like I say, I don't burden them with all of the details of my grown up problems because they're children. But I explain what's been going on and what the big picture is and show them that I'm doing my best. And most importantly, that I very much respect them as people and I'm aware of the impact that my behaviour can have on them. And I will never make demands of them as my emotional support. I won't say, I'm really struggling, so I need you to fix it for me, or I need you to love me more. Any of that, that's gross. It's simply that I respect and love them enough to say, I behaved badly, this is why I was struggling. And that leads me into the next part of of the dynamic, I think, of that conversation, which is taking ownership and autonomy for your mistakes and your behaviours and understanding that for every person, in every moment and every mood and every behaviour, it's because of something. And that sometimes there is an explanation behind why somebody might have been hurtful or angry or unkind but that that explanation is not an excuse for it so apologies should be I'm really sorry that I hurt you by doing such and such thing I was really struggling because such and such bad event whatever but that it doesn't excuse it so you know, you can't go to them, anybody and say, well, you can't be upset because I was having a bad day or I'm not feeling well or I didn't sleep enough so you don't get to be hurt. No. You say, I'm aware that because of this situation, my behaviour hurt you. And that's an important difference, that there's an explanation behind behaviours or actions, but that they don't excuse that behaviour or action. And And it feeds into one of the key rules, I guess, although I don't really like to think of it as a rule, but the key dynamics and conversations that, again, I've always had with my children, which is that your intention is not always the same as the consequence. So, again, you can't say, I didn't mean it that way, or I didn't mean it to hurt you, therefore you can't be hurt. Because often in life we haven't set out to hurt a person or to cause upset or pain or distress but the direct consequence of our words or behavior is pain or hurt or distress you can't just say well I didn't mean it that way and therefore blame the other person for being hurt what you did hurt them doesn't matter if you intended that that's the consequence So that, again, has always been a big part of that conversation, that I model that for my children. And of course, I've never intended to hurt them or upset them, but there are times that I have. So I have always apologised for that and then explained with my explanation why I was behaving a certain way, but made sure that that's not excusing it. And I can explain and say, I didn't intend to hurt you because... And then follow that, most importantly, with, 
but I'm aware that I did hurt you. And then apologise for hurting them. Because I've always done that, my children are really good at doing it too. It's something I've consciously made an effort to do their entire life. So now, at 12 and 14, they are really very, very good at finding the edges of their feelings and understanding the impact they can have. And obviously, they both struggle more than I do with it because they're children. And the youngest especially is having a really difficult time at the moment, and he's full of big, big feelings. Both my children are autistic, and that makes it harder for them to identify always what those feelings are or what they're going to do with them or to process them but because I've always modelled that they're really good at having the conversations so they can come and they can say I'm having these big feelings it's making me behave like I'm grumpy or I'm unkind or you know I'm tired or whatever it's making me feel sick it's making me this it's making me that but they can sit with me and talk it through and process it and I don't have the answers always because I, I'm i not an expert in all of these things I'm just one person who's experienced some of them too and I can talk them through what I've felt previously in similar situations I can talk to them about how I've tried different techniques and approaches to manage those feelings but I can't give them all the answers and I've always been honest about that too what I can do is try and help them find those answers in themselves try and help them practice different techniques for calming those big feelings or for processing them I can direct them towards healthier outputs if they're doing something that makes them cross or unhappy or that impacts other people and most importantly I can accept that I'm not failing them or myself in any way when I simply can't help and I don't have the answers. And actually that's that's been another part of why I've not been around since the first episode is that I've been putting a lot of time and energy into helping my kids and into reaching out to those different areas for help. So I'm I'm not going to talk in detail about what things my kids are struggling with because that's their private information but there are so many resources for accessing help and support for children and for adults that I've been speaking to the last few weeks and I am so grateful that there are so many people giving me that support and especially giving my children that support that they need right now. I think this time of year for all children is very difficult because we're screeching into the last couple of weeks of term and everybody's just very tired and very grumpy and just done and ready for the holidays and I cannot wait for the last day of term when I pick my kids up pile them into the car and immediately drive home and by home I mean back to Cumbria because that's where I'm from but I don't live there now and we've booked a holiday in Keswick for that first week of the summer holidays and it starts that very day. So they finish school on the Friday and we're going to pile into my car and we're going to drive to my mum's house and we're going to spend a bit of time with my mum making sure that she is as well as she insists she is on video calls and we're going to be 
instantly in holiday mode and switching off from school and work and all the stresses that we've been dealing with these last few weeks. Now, as you've been listening to this podcast, you've probably noticed that the clips are sort of stopping and starting at peculiar places without any modicum of professionalism. And that's because I'm not a professional and I'm still working out how to edit and finalise all these bits of podcast and produce them as if I'm a producer, which I'm not. So I apologise if it's a bit stopping and starting and a bit poor quality sound and crackling. Um, I'm also using a fairly shoddy old headset for recording this on. I did have a lovely microphone with a little pop shield and everything and my 14 year old borrowed it for something and, and it's never been seen since. Um, I have tried going into the 14 year old's room to found, find it but that is an awful awful scenario the bedrooms are rancid which if you've ever seen my bedroom you'll know is quite the statement um anyway i'm trying my best to learn how to use all of this technology and edit this podcast in a way that seems not quite professional but at least listenable so i apologize if it's not great or if the quality's bad please do email me and let me know if there's any recommendations you've got for um I don't know, tutorials or something for using Acast, that would be great. Or just email me some stories or or chit-chat about if you've had similar situations, if you've had similar awful summers, if you've had similar conversations with your children and have parenting advice or parenting questions. Um, as I said, I'm no expert, but I am a parent and have been for a while So I can't necessarily give you the right answers, but I can talk to you about anything that you're finding difficult with parenting. Um, I can also reach out to some friends of mine who are much more expert in these areas and see if I can get you better answers if it's something that's just beyond me. The email address, if you want to get in touch, is midlifemuddlepodcast at gmail.com. The link for that is probably going to be in the notes of this if I can work out how to get it there. And it's definitely on my TikTok, which is I am just Lizzie. So I'm going to probably wrap it up there because as you can probably hear, my mouth's getting quite dry and I really want to go and eat some Spanakopita and watch Outlander. So I'm going to do that and I'm going to leave you to the rest of your day. Thank you very much for listening to episode two of Midlife Muddle. See you soon.